Oh boy, oh hooray. Example number 386 of why I long ago abandoned watching boxing. They're going to, Pacquiao's going to get a fight with some dude. Here's, here's my prediction for the fight. I'm, I'm putting my name on this. Pacquiao is going to fu- do the whole fight from inside an iron lung. They're going to put an iron lung inside the ring. And he's going to open the door just long enough to get out the occasional annoying jab. Adelaide Bird is going to score it 486 for Pacquiao to negative 10 versus the other guy. There, that's the outcome. Save the money on the pay-per-view. Buy yourself a good bag of Coke instead. You're welcome. Colonel Hector Bravado of Breakup Gaming Society at your service. We talk about three things in the span of 30 minutes or so. Booze, board games, hip-hop. Not necessarily in that order. We do a short segment on each. And that's our day. We're out of your hair. Um, We're sort of like a a bender. We're the occasional board game breaks out and um and we always usually have something from the golden era on or some underground grimy stuff anyway special special approach to today's uh today this week's game of the week um the jk who came on earlier a few episodes back and and did our track of the week because he knows his hip-hop is also going to be uh do game of the week and he's going to talk about his i ching practice what does that have to do with games? You might ask. I've got two answers. One, I don't know. Two, loosely related via tarot, which he informed me, began as sort of like a, a parlor game. Ooh, what's in the future? Couldn't it be exciting? Ho, ho, ho. But he, and I got to thinking about tarot and games, about divination in games, because these divination tools, even down to Ouija, has a, a rule to it and has pieces, but... As whereas I go into the confines of a game to escape and not learn much at all, except how to have a good time, the pieces, quote-unquote, of JK's game are designed to bring clarity outside the theater of the game. So we talked to him about that. He's a thoughtful, humble, and interesting dude. So there you go, I Ching's Game of the Week. Uh, I'm going to do a quick drink of the week, and JK's going to give us another track. Here we go. Drink of the week. Had some kettle one laying around, poured it on some ice, splash of ginger ale, slice of lime. Frankly, not that fucking interesting. Let's get to game of the week. Game of the week. This is game of the week with your host, Inquisitor, cinnamon apple cheese dick, and a very special guest. Breakup Gaming Society, and a topic that's game-related, but we haven't explored in quite this way. With us is the JK, um, uh, at the J- the JK, um, if you follow his wisdom on Twitter. How you doing? <laughs> uh, that's, I don't, I don't know about the wisdom, but I, I'm doing pretty good. Glad to hear, my friend. Um, you might recognize JK's voice 
he was on a few episodes back uh, for track of the week. And I, I always wanted to come back and do one with JK where I was a sober. Um, he, he, he picked a really good prodigy track, but I kept that poor bastard on the phone for two hours because I was wasted and he indulges me too much. But the, today, today's about you, man. Uh, the, the JK runs a really interesting website uh, or, or venture that's on Patreon, correct? Called yes. So I have the website, then the Patreon is linked on there, but yeah. And, and Two Dreams is related to his attempting to share his explorations of the I Ching. Right. Uh, yeah, Two Dreams originally started um, for a variety of reasons. Um, a, lot, a lot of it was to help people that have also lost their minds at one point. Um, but then, I mean, I lost my mind in a way that caused me to do like over 10,000 I Ching readings in the past three years. So I kind of pivoted a little bit and uh, that's how next week's wisdom came about. And that's where I have uh, my sidereal, sidereal astrology, I Ching horoscopes um, and such. Yeah. And uh, also, you know, and if, if you tune in to anything he does, folks, um, one thing is that uh, uh, JK, as he just said, has spent a lot of time with this divination system in earnest in, in a way to um, sort of, you know, you do that, that, uh, that al alchemical thing where you make, uh, where you make more clarity out of madness. That kind of seems to be your thing. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, and I had to do it myself with the help of uh, pharmaceutical drugs <laughs> prescribed because I lost my mind. But yeah, like making, there's actually a hexagram. Hexagram three is basically like that. It's, it's I call it confusion. It's making like some sense out of the confusion. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's especially what I've been trying to do with the I Ching. Um, I mean, it started just out of a need for myself to find clarity and, and have some certainty after having so much uncertainty uh, in certain situations in my life. Um, and it kind of led me down the path I'm on now. Yeah, man. And, um, and what does this have to do with games? You may ask. Well, I got... JK, you told me that uh, tarot, which is a divination... Method right. practiced by uh, Jean, aka He She Who Thirsts, one of my Colorado Springs cast. Um, you you told me that tarot was once a game, and yes, yeah, uh, yeah. It started. I think it was. Uh, it, I think it was back in France. Um, I'm not the biggest tarot buff. I don't really enjoy using it that much, but um, it did start as like a playing card game at one point. And, and what fascinated me about the parallel, I was been thinking I had essays in the back of my mind half formed about what makes the, the what the hell did you hear that i did hear that i got winds i got winds blowing around the spirits have already ended <laughs> man that the shit out of me um. <laughs> is 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 what makes my whole life the enclosure and known of a game so appealing to me when the the rest of life isn't and 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 some of the parallels to the I Ching and, and again it's not a a game 
in, in that you have a, a metrically provable winner. But right. I kind of wanted to talk about some of that overlap and convergence between a game, which is kind of nice because for a few minutes you're with your friends, you're safe. Um, the, the, the highs and lows and bads of the, the universe for just a few hours are more or less known. And then there's an outcome, then the curtain drops and, and, and you've, you've limited the variables. But what fascinates me is that I Ching does have some, at least rules, or at least some guidelines you had to get started with, but the end result isn't a winner. It's pointing back out to question mark. And if you would, by the way, stop along the way and for you know, people who may not know, including me, talk about what terms like sidereal and hexagram mean, but um, yeah. Yeah, so sidereal um, is a form of astrology. I mean, I'm, when it comes to astrology, I've had tutorship, if that's the right word for it. I, like I've, I've studied under an astrologer that really knows their shit um, with sidereal, um, but I, I'm kind of like the deaf, dumb, and blind guy that can get by with astrology to a certain extent. Um, but sidereal is a, it's, it's sidereal, the form uh, used by Dana Knuckles. Um, it's quite different from uh, Vedic uh, astrology, which uses the Lahiri system. Um, she has her own system. She created its her own correspondences, things like that. And I really subscribe to everything she does with astrology. If anyone's interested, you can Google the People's Oracle. Um, it'll bring up her work. I highly recommend her work. Uh, she's always on point. She predicted this new flux of COVID um, at the end of uh, summer 2021. Um, so there's that for sidereal. Uh, it's it's a little different uh, if you if you have uh, certain houses. If your if your sun is like like my uh, my tropical astrology, I'm sun and Taurus. Tropical tropical astrology is the traditional form in 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 the West. Um, I'm sun and Taurus in tropical. I'm sun and Aries in sidereal. Um, it can shift away. It can shift around your houses like that a little bit, um, just because it uses a different system. But I, like I said, I'm 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 a dunce when it comes to this. I just know how to get the information I need from it. But uh, was there something else? You said sidereal and something else. I'm not sure what else. Uh, yeah, I, I I know I know generally it's here's what I know about I Ching from China. Very old pickup sticks. That's right. it. And then you start talking about hexagram stuff, but um, when you when you when you talk about this, it, it it's almost like a you know a, a, a spiritual RPG <laughs> where, where, it's a, where the where the character is is you, and 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 the the playing area is the entire universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I know. My, I'm not. I'm not going to claim to be an I Ching historian. Um, I know some things. I've read, you know, some books about the history of it. Uh, I I know it more than anything on a practical level um, for what it's done for me. Like 
as far as the RPG thing, like using the I Ching, it's kind of like <laughs> trying to use trying to use the game genie a little bit. If, if you remember the game genie back in the day um, for like the Nintendo, um, like you're trying to take losses less. Like you don't you don't consult the I Ching to make terrible decisions. You make you consult the I Ching to make better decisions and to avoid problems. Um, and to see pitfalls uh, that are on their way or, uh, you know, obstacles you might face in life. Um, so, yeah, with the I Ching, I mean, it it has to do with the yin and yang, uh, you know, the male and feminine, active and passive. Um, and a lot of the times it'll tell you to be passive. And Honestly, for most life situations, <laughs> being passive is it usually gets you away from trouble more often than being active. Um, so one thing you'll you'll see uh, with a lot of hexagrams and lines in the I Ching is you know it it'll it'll tell you to fall back basically. Um, then you know sometimes you might get some readings where it tells you to actually take action. It it all depends, uh, depending on the circumstances you're asking about. Um, but really, it's to flow with the course of things instead of trying to go against them. If you go against them, you might get some bruises, some bumps, some brush, some brushes. Um, so that's basically the gist of it. I mean, back in the day, like 3,000 years ago, when, when this was first started, like emperors and uh you know the political figures would use the I Ching to uh you know kind of direct their rule uh and you know i think when the communist revolution happened i believe i remember hearing that like the use of the I Ching was limited uh it wasn't favored by leadership um, so I'm not sure of the popularity right now in China of the I Ching, um, but hopefully more people start using it. I, I would like it to. I would like to see it become as popular as, you know, the tarot is. Uh, it, it was more popular back in like the 70s and 60s with all the hippies and whatnot. But I'd like to see it come back, make a comeback, uh, and supplant these cards uh, with swordsmen and queens and kings on them and, and that's interesting so tell, tell me why that is you know honestly um like the tarot i mean it it all depends on your expertise some people are really experts in the tarot and they, they can get what they need from it um but just the images uh while it's nice sometimes, like I, I feel like it's open to interpretation a lot more than the I Ching. I, I feel like with the I Ching, you, you throw your coins, you get a line or a hexagram or multiple lines. And because there's words, there's only so much uh, straying that you can do from what those words actually mean. So th there's less, less of a chance for confusion, I think, once you get a feel for uh, the hexagrams and lines, I mean, a lot of the stuff is archaic. Uh, it's um, a lot of old 
language in a lot of cases because it was translated by a lot of people like 100, 100 plus years ago. But uh, there's also just a lot of old things that were around 3,000 years ago. I'm, I'm hoping that eventually with my work, I can create interpretations and whatnot that are you know, practical and, and straightforward enough that people can just apply them and use them uh, like instantly to get clarity. Um, but it, it, there is a learning curve with it, but there's a learning curve with the tarot too. And with the tarot, there's so many books, books upon books of this interpretation, that interpretation. There's like 30 different words associated with each card. Like it just, it gets to be too much for me. And with the I Ching, there's only so many ways you can interpret uh, like a line telling you that you're, you're in over your head uh, with water. <laughs> like, for, for example, like 28 line six, like um, I can bring up that line right now is too much to wade into immersing one's head brutal, make no mistakes. Like there's only so many ways you can interpret that. It doesn't sound pleasant. And if you pull some tarot cards, you get a queen of hearts and then you get it next to death and then you get it next to the fool like you can just go all over the place and say oh this card is good that card isn't but let me let me stop talking though because I, i'm gonna sound ignorant when it comes to the tarot because i know some tarot people out there are gonna be like this motherfucker does not know what he's talking about <laughs> yeah um, and i wasn't trying to you know, clickbait anybody or goad you into dumping on it but i was just wanting to know why it's the system you prefer. And I, th and I think I, I, I understand now. It's weird the way, help me out. You know, when you talked about leadership, it's, it's almost like s summoning a counselor without having to rely on a person. Right. I, I think that definitely is like, it's like I Ching, the I Ching is a mentor in three pennies in the book you're using. Like, all the people, like, I wish a lot of the kids out there that are like, oh, I need a mentor. I need to do this. I, I need I need someone to learn from. Like, mentors are, are such a topic that are talked about so much in our society and whatnot. But, like, just pick up three pennies in a translation of the I Ching, and there's your mentor. Like, that'll tell you to not do this and to do that. Just, but... Of course, like I said, there's a learning curve. Hopefully with my work, eventually people uh, find it a lot more straightforward and are able to do things like that. But I believe it is a mentor in just three pennies in a book. Can, can you talk to us about a recent, uh, I mean, there's me straining with the analogies again, but talk to me about a recent game <laughs> or a, re a reading and and what you saw and, and, and how you use it, use it to help yourself like recently. Um, story? Let me, let me see if, I mean, so what I, one thing I do, um, I, I do readings for every hour. I'm crazy. Okay. I, I do readings for every hour of my day that I, I plan on being awake. Um, it, for one, it helps me get more experience with certain lines and hexagrams and different variations of readings. Uh, but also, I like to have that context um, as I'm going through things. Um, and I also do a daily reading um, for what do I need to know about my day as well as what my job is for that day. Um, so as far as 
that goes. Um, let me oh, see if I can. That, that's go okay ahead. while you're looking, because that brought up a question in my mind, which was doing it with the frequency you do. Does it have a, it seems like the act in itself might be the ritual is a comfort too. Like, yes, definitely. The minute uh, you take it out of the box, you're maybe more receptive to a better state. I don't know. Like it's the thing about it using the I Ching, it can turn into a dependency of some sort. Um, it can be the same as grabbing a Xanax or something like that. Like you can pick up the coins, you can ask some questions. It'll soothe your anxiety sometimes. Sometimes it'll fuel your anxieties um, because it'll tell you the reality of the situation and not just what you uh, want to hear. Um, but it can definitely be therapeutic. I think um, it just needs to be used responsibly in that way because I know if if I was in a certain mind state like I used to be, like uh, nine years ago or so, uh, I'd probably be... Uh, <laughs> I probably have 20,000 readings, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it can very easily turn into a dependency. Um, it, but you know, you have to live the life. You have to live out the readings. Um, it's, you can know what's going to happen, but you're always going to have to live it out anyway. So you're going to have to take those lumps, whatever the reading, uh, says is going to happen. You're going to have to go through it. So, um, it can be therapeutic, but I, I like to think of it as an airbag. Um, precognition in general, once you once you get an idea of what's going to happen, it can cushion the blow a little bit. Yeah, and and of course you don't, and that that you know again is the point of difference between something that may on the surface look like a game with the rules. And you know, mm -hmm. and, it's, and its own set of signals. But you know, the purpose of a game often is to become something else, or or to hide, and right. and 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 have consciously, albeit uh, a different sort of story in which you have, you know, uh, a certain kind of known agency, which even in the stressful moments and the tug and pull of a board game can be stressful. But like I said, it's all going to be over in forty-five to ninety minutes, and then you'll all, all have a story to tell. But um, although I will say, uh, playing board games, um, it's weird. I, it seems like I Ching is more like a, is it more like a mirror or a telescope to you? To me, it's more like a telephone. Um, I feel like it's like a vehicle where a message can get through it. Like it, like a message gets carried through the I Ching. Okay. Um, it gives you like a, it's, it's almost like echolocation. Like divination is in a way like echolocation. You get to see the contours, the shapes of things and whatnot. Um, you might not see all of the details, but you can at least see uh, enough to not walk into a wall basically. Yeah, um, gotcha. Yeah, so so it's more of an, an outward thing because of uh, the, in, in that essence, you know, a board game to me is is a mirror in many right. ways. And a lot of the, the and I this is one of my soapbox points about board games is that you know uh, people people are the most important equipment of it, 
And I don't care how many cool things you bought. If you're at the table of shitty people, there's no good game in the world. And a lot of the time, how you play and act in the game is people bring all their best and worst selves onto that board. Mm -hmm. And, and it will, and the game itself, the the mechanics, the stories that try to sell is meaningless. If you've got someone at the table who's more interested in uh, what's on their phone than what's happening on in the shared area of the game. Um, Mm -hmm. You've got someone who is acting out a grudge against someone, or if you're a, you know, a fundamentally dishonest or aggressive person, you're going to play that way. And, and it, it, it reflects it back to you. Right. And, and, and that, but, but yeah, it's not going to tell you anything past that. And I'll tell you that there's people's like, should I get this game? Should I get that, that game? I'm like, tell me who you're playing with. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you whether your, your games are any good. Cause I got to tell you, you know, years and years ago, we had awesome group that met every Saturday when that, group fell apart it was never quite the same again because people just mm-hmm. didn't engage with it the same way mm-hmm. and, and um and, and it's weird i think you know there's a whole intense and rich world of solo board gamers and uh, there's there's one i follow on twitter forgot his handle um he's pretty much the the king of the, the board game geek solo board game thing there's, there's dozens and dozens of games that if they're not made for a solo player mm-hmm. can have a solo option where you sit there and, and absent anything, it's just you versus the game and, mm-hmm. and, and no one there to be accountable to, but yourself. But I, I actually love solo games because I moved to a new part of the country. It was winter. I didn't know a lot of people down here. There was a mm-hmm. plague. I started going back through my pie. I was like, Oh, this one, this one plays solo. And I break out a whiskey and play them. Mm-hmm. And honestly had a great time. And, um, is, is, Eaching something like say you know I know you have obviously ten thousand test plays should certainly make you if not you know the the king of the mountain at least way further up than a lot of people have climbed and is it something you can do with another person across the table like for example say hey Jonathan this all sounds interesting um, give me a peek into this. Or, or, or do you like just collect some of my data and be like, I'll get back to you with a report? <laughs> I mean, you, you could do that, but like, see, you would still want to reference something that had the translation of the lines and the reading. I mean, some people probably have enough knowledge of the trigrams uh, and whatnot that they could do some type of reading without a book. Um, but I personally don't want to ever do that. Um, I have interpretations that I've built up over time from my personal experiences and also from asking the I Ching about the I Ching. Um, so I have like a, a set of interpretations for each line and hexagram and I've vetted those uh, by, you know, holding them up against my readings and being like, okay, does that match? And you know, they do because I, I still have them. Um, so some people could probably have someone right across from them and just read the trigrams and tell you about the yin and yang and how they interact and all that. Um, I personally am not interested in that really. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people that divine for others using the I Ching uh, don't do that. 
Um, so it's not, it's not quite like tarot where you could just lay down three cards and you can just free wheel and freestyle and just be like, this means that, this means that. I mean, once you know the line, uh, like me, I can, I can, if you tell me, a, if you pick a line out of Li Ching, I can tell you the gist of that line, basically, just off the top of my head. Um, so I could do that if we did a reading uh, in person. Um, but still, like, it's nice to have context and things like that. And so you like it again, you like the, the more structured toolbox. Right, right, yeah. right. I totally get that. So, hey, this is uh, Inquisitor Cinnamon Apple Cheese Dick. We've been talking about J the JK's personal I Ching practice. If you want to learn, a, I highly recommend you follow him on Twitter because not only does he give samplings of some of his readings, but he's also a copywriter, a true hip-hop head, and also a really witty guy. And he just has a, a flair for a sentence. And then even though I don't understand what the hell he's talking about, I always like <laughs> So JK, thanks for telling us a little bit about the I Ching. Um, is, is Twitter the best way to people to get at you if they want to talk about this, or you take the rein here? Yeah, de definitely just hit, hit me up on Twitter, or you can go to twodreams.us. Um, I mean, my my all my information and everything is there. You can just hit me up. Uh, the Patreon is there as well. Um, but yeah, Twitter is the best place. I, I'm there. I've been there for like 13 years or some shit. I mean, it's insane. Hey, everybody, strap in. Here comes track of the week with the JK. As promised, it's Inquisitor Cinnamon Apple Cheese Dick back with my homie, the mystic, the oracle, the JK. Because, uh, you know, I told him if he came on and told us about I Ching that he could do track of the week again. The last time you did keep it thorough by, by Prodigy, if I, if I recall. Mm -hmm. which is a track I hadn't heard before then because being the way I'm exploring the hip-hop channels and pathways, don't laugh at me, but I am just now getting to exploring all the tracks on uh, Mob Deep's first album. Man. Um, it's amazing. But you, might, you might actually be talking about the second album, but... Uh... Um, which is the one that, that says, uh, as long as I send you back to the essence... I don't give a fuck about my presence. <laughs> That's probably the infamous. Yeah. Um, Ju Juvenile Hell was their first one. They're, they're on that, the cover of that with sickles over their shoulders, which is... See? There you go. Um, educated again. So, uh, JK here to Helm Track of the Week. We're re-recording this. His interview for I Ching came out great. But for some reason... I. Everything just shit the bed. And uh, JK, did I also tell you that um, that night, not only did, when I recorded that, I broke my big chain. <laughs> you didn't tell me that. My, my pride and joy is my, uh, I have, because almost everything I have is silver. Uh, not only because I prefer the color, but silver gives you more budget for customization. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a 30-inch, 6.5-millimeter Rolo link. <laughs> a big diamond bezel and a, a Space Marines custom-made gold 500K uh, Godwin pattern bolter in the middle of it. And that same night I talked to you, I must have been hella drunk because I was doing Mr. T. I had all my chains on at once. Oh, man. In the bathroom, and I stood up really fast, 
And that chain snagged on a corner, and one of the links just went ping. Oh, wow. <laughs> Next, I'm looking at That's it all on the floor. So, uh, yeah, so based on the fact that we've had to do a couple runs at this, we're going to talk about uh, Phil Collins. I could feel it in the air tonight. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's exactly the song. No, <laughs> no it's a Beanie track. What is it? It's Beanie Siegel, Feel It in the Air. Uh, I believe this album, I got this album, I believe, uh, the day I graduated high school, I think. Okay. And then, by the way, preparatory to us making this second run at this track, I listened to it. And, okay. And by the way, and because I love you, and I know this song means something to you, I'm going to hear oh. what it means to you. But for me, um, deep lyrics must accompany hand and glove banging production. And based on, do you remember when I was hassling you the other night with all those funk dubious remixes from DJ mm -hmm. Mug and all those oh. hard knocks remixes of hip hop oh. classics? You know me, I need fucking fast tempo like ear-splitting snares and really catchy samples. And I have to tell mm. you, um, I just being honest with you, um, before we started this call, I threw that song on. I could not get past second 51. Man, that, that's, that's, a, that's a loss on your end. That, that's also a heavy <laughs> D beat, man. That's a heavy uh, D beat. Uh, did, 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 I, did I bail out too early? I, I mean, it's... It's a melancholy song. I mean, that's by design. It's definitely not there to get you hype. Yeah, but um, I, I, I just have to be honest with you. Just, I'm sitting there listening to it, waiting to be transported. And, and I want you to get into the segments you like. Because mm. I know uh, Beanie was a hell of, hell of a rapper. But I just have to admit, like, the production on this one lost me. Um, I didn't like, I didn't like the, uh, the chord progression. I didn't like the keyboard tone. I didn't like the time signature. I didn't like the pitter pat beats. It, it man, frankly, rest in peace to Heavy D, then, because you just shit all over his beat, man. <laughs> Heavy D did that. Heavy D did that. I just fucking shit on the hipster. Yeah, man. See, rest in peace. <laughs> anyway, en enough of my impressions. Tell me why you chose this track and why you love it. Let's 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 talk about a, a segment that's meaningful to you. Yeah, so I chose this this uh, this song because it, I mean, it goes hand in hand with divination, intuition, precognition. I mean, feel it in the air. It's about sensing things. It's about having hunches. You know, uh, it's about getting a feeling for something that's not overt um but it it's a, a very relatable song if you uh have ever dabbled in paranoia <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dabbling in paranoia um that's a loaded phrase by the way yeah. my friend um so uh tell you what why don't we listen to um a selection right now and, no. and 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 just and just hear some of the lyrics and and the feel that draw the JK to this song. Yeah. 
something going on. I feel funny, can't tell me nothing different. My nose twitching, intuition setting in like Steve Vision. I still close my eyes, I still see visions. Still hear that voice in the back of my mind. So what I do, I still take heed, I still listen. I still paint that perfect picture. I still shine bright like a prism. My words still skipping. That was our first selection of uh, Feel It in the Air by Beanie Siegel, brought to us by my guest host, our guest host, and all around mystical homie, the JK. Um, and uh, and I, I think <laughs> I already, it's my fault. I already started a squabble with you <laughs> from the first segment. Um, like I said, uh, I, there's, there's some synergy between the meaning of a rhyme and its timeliness, but but you know what it is about about something that's your favorite, and this is something that bothers me that people don't mm. acknowledge. Whether it's your top three favorite restaurants or your mm. top three favorite rappers, what people don't know is they're not talking about the song. They're talking about where they were when they heard it, what mm. the air smelled like that night, mm. how the relationship with their family was that night, what time of year oh. was it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's my favorite restaurant. And they go back there and they order the same dish, expecting that same feeling. It doesn't happen. You know why? Because right. you weren't with your old friend and it wasn't the same light air of conviviality. And it was a different time of year. And you wonder why that dish wasn't different. You're not really talking about the dish or the song. You're talking about where you were in, in your own uh, fractal emotional tableau. Exactly. And Nietzsche, impermanence. I mean, that's what it's all about. Like you can't recreate a moment in the past. It it was what it was. It is what it is. And I mean, I think I said some shit about like nostalgia, like that's nostalgia is when you think you can, you're imagining something that you think you have, but you never really did. All you have are constructions of memories little slivers of things that happen here and there, little pictures, but you, you can never recreate that. And, and, and the danger, the intoxicating danger is when you imagine you can. And, it, and it's so funny. You said that word nostalgia. Um, right. one, was when he was still on this earth, my pappy, God rest his soul, used to say uh, nostalgia is prelude to fascism. Mm. And, and I don't I have to think about that one. Well, think about it, and, and this is a, a heuristic I've developed on my own since. It's like if you ever want to spot somebody who is either on the far right or the far left, mm -hmm. people on the far right want to drag you back to a past that never was. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. on the far left want to drag you into a future that will never be. I mean, yeah, that sounds about right to me. And, and, and most rightist, populist, fascist, nationalist, whatever you do, always hearken back to a golden age. Yeah, yeah. The Nazis talk about this fantasy of Aryan purity. Right. Or or all the way up to now, the Trump, make America great again. There's something golden in the past. And by the way, right. that was also a Reagan phrase. <laughs> I think it's a sad sign of the times that our cultural and political memory is so short that Reagan looks good now. Reagan was a piece of shit. Eight different yeah. On, yeah. His best, on his best day, on his best day, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> but uh jk um thank you for the snippet of the song is there any uh we've heard snippet one is there any uh something you want to send us home to before i go on a tirade about mosquitoes or the decline of the boxing world <laughs> um 
No, just, I mean, if you're, if you're interested in anything like divination, just you, you only learn it by doing it really. I mean, you gotta, you gotta experience it. You gotta keep a journal um, and reflect on what happened when you got those readings. And I mean, I mean, that's one way to battle nostalgia is to write down what actually happened <laughs> so you're not deluding yourself. <laughs> Those were the good old days, and you write it down. It's like, um, I got herpes from my <laughs> buddy's girlfriend, and I busted his lip. Way to go, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely don't want to be drugged up on some fantasy world that never happened. A absolutely, and I, and I think, you know, all of it is... The, the whole concept of many wells, one river, and and the and the river is being conscious right. and honest about who you are and where you are, even if, as you say, means accepting large amounts of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think you know one of the th the thing that poisons our political and personal discourse is people's desire for certainty. Right. And it's like that poisons everything. Yeah. And we're at the point now, it's like, people are like, when's normal coming back with COVID? It's gone. Yeah, it's man. Like, yeah, you know, like the first plummet of the roller coaster before it takes you off the big drop? Mm-hmm. This COVID, dude, uh, the drought is coming. Yeah. The, wa the water wars are coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's real shit. Like, down in Orlando, they're telling people to conserve water so they can use it for like, fucking respirators or something like that. It's crazy. Saw that as well. And here in the American West, um, we have a drought. I mean, anyway, let me get on my high horse. But if I were the <laughs> governor, I'd bring up the National Guard. I'd say, first of all, Kentucky bluegrass is banned. <laughs> uh -huh. you, don't need, you don't need that fear. You don't need it. We need that shit to grow food. And then right. also, I'd, I'd send the National Guard down to Salida. Salida. Salida, Colorado, beautiful little town in uh, Chafee County, where uh, Nestle has one of its two North American extraction plants. They're gulping oh, up, man. They're gulping oh. up spring water out of the ground and selling it back to us at markup. Uh, uh. Swiss motherfuckers. <laughs> 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 oh, this is gone far afield. The JK, dog, I always appreciate you. And uh, th thank you for, um, um, I know while, I took exception with this song. You're always incredibly patient with me. Ah, um, no problem. No, the Bean song. If you go onto Spotify and look up Breakup Gaming Society, every track of the week that I can find, sometimes Spotify is too lame for our exquisite taste in, like, look under the roots and, you know, for remixes. But mm -hmm. they're mostly there. And, and by the virtue of me having offered you this platform and you picked it, that is going on the goddamn Spotify list. Uh, Beanie Siegel. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I keep thinking about Phil Collins. I'm a victim of my own joke. What's the name of the song? Feel, feel it in the air. Feel it in the air. And uh, so, JK, um, th that's the show. Thank you so much for riding with us. You're always a, a, a thoughtful, funny, and graceful presence. I appreciate you. And, no uh, doubt. And, I appreciate you. And you didn't hear the cold open. But uh, I'm a former apostate boxing fan uh, who just had to give it up. And my wife gave it up, too. We watched it together for years. Like, every fight, we watched Gennady come up. Gennady mm -hmm. Golovkin from, like, mm -hmm. uh, from like 
his first like American fight at Turning Stone Casino in New York right, right, against right. some Polish guy all the way up to the top of the thing. And the fact is, there is no sport I have seen that has more contempt for its fighters or its fans than boxing. And I mean that sounds about right. And uh, the 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 first uh, when they finally rematched uh, when they finally 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 two years too late, matched Triple G and Canelo Alvarez mm-hmm. and charged you, what, what $75, $95 for the privilege. Of, mm-hmm. It's actually a good fight, but they have that judge named Adelaide Bird who turns in these inexplicable scorecards and like, these, these guys are putting brain damage on the line and their careers is like, so the, the, the and plus with the, the promoter bullshit, mm-hmm. imagine you are going to like a nice steakhouse with your girl right. and you're fucking you dressed up that night and you dusted mm-hmm. off your vest and, t- and your tie's knotted right and you go <laughs> with the, I like the surf and turf and they tell you oh I'm sorry right now the filet mignon people aren't really talking to the lobster people so we can't play them at once <laughs> if you like I could serve you lobster with some Van Camp pork and beans <laughs> or some filet with some red hot bunions. And you're like, <laughs> fuck that. I want surf and turf, but you don't get it. And when they do finally play it, it's four years too late and it all smells rotted. They did it, they did it with Mayweather and Pacquiao. That match was made seven years too late. Yeah. Yeah. And these guys fought their brains out. And yeah. what? And uh, so, and so my final thought on seeing the fact that they've just booked Pacquiao for a fight against some guy I don't know is that <laughs> here's my prediction: is that Pacquiao is going to be fighting from inside an iron lung. <laughs> and he's going to open the door just long enough to get jabs out, <laughs> and Adelaide Bird is going to score it 150 to zero for Pacquiao. That's my prediction. <laughs> Uh, good times in the boxing world. JK, thank you for riding along. I'm going to see if somehow my minimal skills can get this great, great segment into the, the podcast. What do you think about that, my friend? I think, I think you'll have success. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Peace. May you fight long and well.